Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 is going to be our text as we look to the Lord for what he would have us to plant within our minds. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that the Bible does stand. And we thank you, Lord, for how good the Bible is. Help us, Lord, to read, to understand, to follow, to be loyal to you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Galatians 6.14. This is going to be the topic that we're going to, just for a few moments, consider before we go to that, to the so meaningful practice that the Lord has given us of breaking bread, of communion. And this verse has a phrase in it that I would like for us to consider this morning. So Galatians 6, 14. Really, we've come now in Galatians. This is the climax of the book. It's right there at the end. And it's really what Paul wants to say from everything that he said in the book of Galatians. He says this. Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The phrase that we want to just think about this morning is glory in the cross. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean to glory in? Okay, Um, I try to keep this a secret, but the truth is, I love food. (laughs) You can't tell that, because I wear this jacket, hides the fact that I'm fat, but I do. And uh, so suppose that later on this afternoon that you were going to go to Baskin-Robbins ice cream store and get one of those, and if you haven't, you need to, and get one of those Baskin-Robbins chocolate brownie sundaes with your favorite ice cream and your topping. You could have hot fudge, you could have caramel, but the hot fudge is best. And, and so just suppose that that was going to be the case. Now, during our break, we had some, some chocolate kind of brownies over there, they were pretty good. They were, in fact, that prepared me for this message. But all day long, let's say all day long, you looked forward to, as I would, to getting that chocolate brownie Sunday, And you thought about it. And instead of paying attention in church, right now, you keep thinking about it, right? (laughs) And as you thought about it, you get happy inside. 
and you smile. No one can see what you're thinking about. You're thinking about that Baskin-Robbins chocolate brownie sundae, but, and you're enjoying the thoughts of it, and you're kind of going through it in your mind. You're thinking about coming around that corner and seeing that big pink Baskin-Robbins sign, and the excitement builds as you pull into the parking lot, and then the door opens, and they get, and those are wonderful smells of all those ice creams, and you're watching the chocolate brownie in your mind get placed in the cup, and the server getting your favorite scoops of ice cream and, and the topping over it. And you're just secretly, secretly sort of thinking about that. And as you do, you get happy and you smile. And as you look forward to it, you think about, you think about that, that chocolate brownie Sunday. That's what it means to glory in. That's what it means. That's what it means to glory in the Baskin Robbins chocolate brownie Sunday. And here, we're talking about glory in the cross. So what does it mean when you and I glory in the cross? It means the same thing as thinking about the Baskin Robbins chocolate brownie Sunday. To glory in the cross is to think about and enjoy all the different aspects of the cross. At the Last Supper, which we're going to celebrate here, we're going to remember, the Lord Jesus, he, he says, it says in, in Matthew 26, 28, Matthew 26, 28, he holds up this cup, this chalice, this cup. He says, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. What does that mean? The word remission is an accounting term. It means cancellation of a debt. Debt is a burden. It's a heavy burden. It's a weight. It's a, it's a worry. How am I going to pay this off? When am I going to be able to pay this off? That's the heaviness of the debt burden. Remission is to have the burden of the debt taken away by paying the debt off. So he holds up this cup and he says, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you, for is shed for many, for the remission of sins. What he's saying there is he's saying, first of all, I want you to take a good look at the debt of all your sins. See how great that debt really is and how it's growing every day. It's getting bigger and bigger and how you can't pay it off. And now I want you to look at what's going to happen if your debt's not paid off. I want you to look at the eternity of suffering in hell if the debt of your sins is not paid off. And now I want you to take a real good solid look at your spiritual wallet and see how empty it is. See how you have nothing to pay that debt off. And now... He's holding up that cup. He says, now I want you to look away from yourself. I want you to look at this cup in my hand, and I want you to see it as a symbol of my blood. This is the payment for all your sins. I will shed it for the remission of all your sins. Oh, then we got to sing 1 Peter 1.18. 1 
For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with silver and with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. You know, we'll be singing now, nor silver nor gold hath attained my redemption, nor riches of earth could have saved my poor soul. The blood of the cross is my only foundation. The death of my Savior now makes me whole. I'm redeemed, but not with silver. I'm bought, but not with gold. Bought with a price. The blood of Jesus, precious price of love untold. We needed to be freed from the debt of our sins. We needed remission. And there was only one remission that could be paid, and that's as it's described in Hebrews 9.22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. There's no payment. All our sins were paid for at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he did, he stamped right across all of our debt sheets. Remission paid for. That's why the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ makes us really happy inside. That's why it makes us smile. That's why we glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It makes us really happy. makes us smile. That's why we glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We glory in the cross when we see that there is a stamp right across all our sins says, paid for, remission paid. When Job, when he looked at himself, he saw himself as he was. He was a good man. God bragged about him. But when he looked at himself, he says, unclean. Job 14.4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. He goes on, Job 15.14, what is man that he should be clean? He which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous. Anyone born of a woman is unclean. Is there anybody in this room that wasn't born of a woman? I just want to check. Too bad. The Bible says in the book of Job, Job 15, 16, how much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water. The Bible says that we thirst for sin like we thirst for water. Our problem is we're just part of that group. We're part of that all-men group that's referred to in Romans 5.12, Romans 5.12. Wherefore, by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Adam brought the disease of sin. He brought the disease of sin and death on all men. We're just part of the group. We're just part of the disease of the sin and death, and we are carriers of the disease of sin and death. That's our problem. And God saw that when he looked upon man. He commented on that in, uh, in, just before the flood in Genesis 8.21, Genesis 8.21, when God said, he looks, he goes, hmm, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. And at the cross, we exchanged all our filthiness all our abominableness, all our vileness for his purity. And that causes us to glory in the cross. Man, man looks at his good works, looks at his good works or 
what is called righteousnesses, his good works. And he comments on, man comments on his own good works. In Isaiah 64, 6, Isaiah 64, 6, when he says, we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. See, when a person gets close to God like Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6, he got close to God and he says, I got a filthy mouth. When a person gets close to God, he sees all his good works and his righteousnesses. They're filthy, filthy rags. You know, and he sees, I had as much success at resisting the temptations of sin as a leaf has in saying, I will not be blown away. I'm going to stay right here where I am, and the wind is not going to blow me away. The leaf can say that all I want. It's blown away. And that's what the Bible says. We're like the leaves that, like the wind, has taken us away. Our problem is we're sinful. Our problem is we're unrighteous. Sin drives us on. And the solution to our problem and our sinfulness and our righteousness is given to us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. Just picture us, you know, carrying all of our filthy rags like dirty laundry, which is all of our own righteousnesses, and we come up to a counter, and we hand over this dirty laundry, and we got our heads hanging. They stink. You know, we're ashamed. We're guilty. And we lay all of our filthy rags on the counter. We're so ashamed. We have filthy rags. And the rags are taken away. And then we're given these beautiful, clean garments to wear. And we say, wow, what an exchange. I just put all my filthy rags on my corrupt righteousness, and, and I just exchange them for all these beautiful clothes. And the clothes, we put them on in Isaiah 61.10, becomes our song where it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. You know, we sit there, we say, just look at me now. I'm so happy as I stand here clothed in the garments of God's salvation, covered in the robe of God's righteousness. I just exchanged my sinfulness for God's righteousness. That all happened because of the cross. That's the great exchange of our sinfulness for his righteousness that makes us glory in the cross. We glory in the cross because of the great exchange of our sinfulness for his righteousness. And that's just the beginning of the great exchange. I mean, it goes on in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that my power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians 12.10, 2 Corinthians 12.10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses in a cold that makes you not be able to speak very well. No, that's not in here, sorry. <laughs> For Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. 
I mean, we look at ourselves, we see weakness, 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 weakness. You know, and we say, how could it be that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness? How could it be that when I am weak, then am I strong? Only one way. Only one way. The great exchange. Where we bring to that counter our weaknesses and we exchange it for his strength. That's how God can call out in Joel 3.10. Joel 3.10. Let the weak say, I'm strong. We glory in the cross because we exchange our weakness for his strength. Now, our greatest enemy, death. That's it. We tried everything to conquer death. We lost. We lose. Death has the victory. Death defeats man until our David appeared on the battlefield against the Goliath death. Until the Lord Jesus Christ came. And all of a sudden, we're shouting a totally different song. We're shouting from victory. We're shouting 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where's thy sting? Oh, grave, where's thy victory? Sting of death is sin. Strength of sin is the law. Thanks be unto God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, we who were absolutely defeated by death, death was taunting over us. Ah, what are you going to do about that, buddy boy? No, now it's all reversed. Now we find ourselves taunting death. We say, hey, death, where's your sting? Oh, death, where's your victory? And we then give thanks to God because He gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So at the cross, we come to the great exchange, and that exchange is our defeat from death for His victory over death. It makes us happy inside, makes us smile. We glory in the cross for the exchange of our defeat for victory over death. But our greatest exchange happens at the cross, and it's the subject of Ephesians, especially Ephesians 2.1. You hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, made us alive, quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. Ephesians 5.14. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light. Isaiah 26, 19. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. And then that famous passage in Ezekiel about the dry bones... Ezekiel 37, 5, 30, Ezekiel 37, 5, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter in, and you shall live. You remember before that? God went to Ezekiel and said, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel says, you're not going to do that one on me. Let me get a bone on me, crack it open, see if there's any red marrow, maybe some hope. <laughs> he says, you know, Lord. And he says, I will cause breath to enter into you. You shall live. John eleven forty three. John eleven forty three. standing there at Lazarus, when he said, thus was spoken, he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound, hand, foot, grave clothes, face, bound with a napkin. Jesus said to him, loose him, let him go. We're dead. We're dead in our sins. 
Our bodies will be dead. We come to the great exchange. We bring our deadness to the counter. And he gives us in exchange for our deadness, he gives us life. The life that's spoken about in Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. People who are crucified died. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The cross. Because of the cross of the Lord, we live and our dead body shall live with him. That makes us really happy. It makes us smile. Because of that, we glory in the cross of the Lord because we exchanged our deadness for his life. So we've seen how the cross, because of this great exchange, makes us so happy, makes us smile. That's what glory in the cross. We glory because of the exchange, that at the cross we exchange our poverty for his remission for our sins, our filthiness for his purity, our sinfulness for his righteousness, our weakness for his strength, our defeat for his victory over death, and our deadness for his life. But there's one reason more why we glory at the cross. And it can be seen if you just take the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You just take that one little word that starts with for and just plug in the word but. Just plug in the word but, just for fun, just try it. And then give a list of why God should have spared his son. Why God should have spared his son from dying on the cross. And then put that little modified John 3.16 in and it goes something like this. The Lord Jesus was infinitely loved by the Father. Therefore, he should have been spared the cross. Oh, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Lord Jesus was infinitely pure. He was righteous. He was holy. He didn't deserve to die like that. He should have been spared the cross. Oh, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish from everlasting life. The Lord Jesus was infinitely loyal to the Father, infinitely loved the Father, He should have been spared the cross. Oh, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Lord Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He didn't deserve that. Oh, but God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is all this doing? The cross makes us so happy and gives us a smile on our face because at the cross we see the love of God the love of God. We glory in the cross because at the cross we see just how much God loved us. He so loved us that he gave his son. So let's make it today our secret meditation, like the Baskin-Robbins chocolate brownies, our secret meditation to glory in the cross as we take these elements in communion. Father, thank you so much for the cross. Help us, Lord, to glory in the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. You're invited to a Perm celebration Sunday, February 25th at 4.30 p.m. at the Friendship with God Fellowship Church. Purim is a day of celebration for the Jewish people commemorating Esther's victory over Haman's plot to exterminate the Jewish people. Join Tom Canner and the Friendship of God Fellowship Church as we learn about the Purim Feast while experiencing some amazing Jewish desserts. Located at the Creation Earth History Museum in Santee, California. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scantibodies Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com.